0: All right, welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast. I'm your show host, Maxim Seguin, and I'm the founder and CEO of Fit Vegan Coaching, a company that is on a mission to help 10,000 people get lean, thrive, and reduce their risk of chronic illnesses by 2033 and a million by 2050. I believe that having a fit, healthy body and mind is the foundation to living an incredible life, and this is what the show will give you if you choose to listen and implement. Enjoy the episode and have a great day. All right, good morning everyone and welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan podcast. Today we have a very exciting episode. We're joined by Fit Vegan coach Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing today?
1: I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited for us to record. Um, you know, it's been a, a big demand as you know of people like, "Who is coach Sarah?" because uh, when they come into the program, it's like, I want to work with Coach, Ra, but I don't know anything about her. So we're gonna do a full episode today on you and your story and kind of how you got to becoming a nutritionist, a personal trainer, and ultimately working with me for, you know, over three years now. Yeah. Which is crazy. And um kind of how like what you're doing with our members.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. So
0: who is Coach Sarah? Who, who is- h- how did you get started in the health space?
1: Um, I, so I'm gonna make this very brief. I was sick as a kid. I had really bad asthma and, um, but I really loved sports. And when I got into high school, I played all of the sports. I loved them all. Um, I wasn't like a super athlete, but I really enjoyed moving my body and have being a part of a team. And um, I, I fell in love with, with rugby, <laughs> um, surprisingly enough. Um, in grade 10 and played for many years. And um, so I was super active. And um, I also became a vegetarian at the age of 13. So I kind of did both the nutrition and the sport at the same time, not on purpose, it just happened. And um, when I so I had a lot of organized sport, and I didn't have to really worry about my weight. I was at a you know healthy weight for a kid and um, you know we have like very high metabolisms when we're young. so um, when I graduated high school and got a full-time job, all that organized sports went away and
0: yeah,
1: I well, this is a very common story, right? Um, yeah. so uh, organized sport um, kind of that that kind of fell and uh, I had a full time job. I was married at a young age. And so I started to gain weight slowly, slowly, slowly. And I'm not too sure at the heaviest I was, but I think I was about like one, oh, 170, one, 180. And I'm sure I'm, I'm five foot yeah, okay. two. Yeah. So yeah, another, like an extra forty pounds on my frame from yeah. from right now. So it was significant, and it was just um, you know having autonomy over my body because my parents weren't cooking food, and I had to buy my own food and cook my own meals, and it was a lot of junk food. And um, I was a junk food vegan, and uh, so I got to a point where I was like, "Oh, this has got to stop." And that the inner athlete in me was like whispering, "Get back to the gym." go out for a run. And um, so I just started there and um, I was able to lose some weight and um, I got to a point where, and so back in the day, we, we didn't have the internet. We had magazines and books. So I exhausted my magazine subscriptions and the books that I could get out of the library. And um, I decided to hire a personal trainer and um, I'm not exaggerating, but I really had hoped that this person could like walk with me um, on my journey to like my potential. Like I knew there was more in me. I just didn't know how to get it out. And I didn't, I didn't yeah. have that education. And so, and at the time, like I wasn't, you know, I was on my own. So I didn't have a lot of extra money to, to spend on this, but I made it a priority and I hired a personal trainer for three sessions. and. Um, I was so disappointed to say that she did not care would be an overestimation. Like she, she I don't know what her intentions were but she just did not care. She was looking at her watch and she wasn't, like I was really hoping for a friend. I was really hoping for like somebody to like inspire and and educate me and motivate me. And like, I could go to her for like, okay, well I'm trying this, but it's not quite working. And you know, that kind of relationship. Like a deeper relationship rather than a transactional here's your workout do it check in with me in a couple weeks
0: it makes sense why you're the type of coach that you are now because you care so much and you build such a good relationship with the members so that's where it stems from
1: (laughs) yeah this is why i'm telling the story um so at the end of the three sessions i was like heartbroken a little bit i was so disappointed and i i thought i was kind of irritated i was like I can do a better job than this just by reading my shape magazines and my fitness yeah. magazines. Right. And so, and then the voice, I think it was the universe whispering to me going, well, why don't you? And I was at the, at the point of my life where I was in a corporate job and I didn't love it. And I was like, Oh, so I went back to school at the age of like, I don't know. I was like 28 or something. <laughs> I went to night school. I felt like such a yeah. kind of a loser, but I worked my 40-hour job a week, um, and then I'd go to, to night school, and I became a personal trainer. And I did well. Um, it came back to me really easily. Like I, when I was in high school, I was thinking about becoming a PE teacher. So like I had the kinesiology background, and I, I was quite yeah. um, familiar with the body parts and all that stuff. So it came back pretty quick. And um, so for the longest time, I did both jobs, I would work, um, I would run boot camps at six o'clock in the morning out in the freezing cold, and then go to my regular, you know, nine to five job. And then I would take a few training clients at night, I was working a lot. And, um, but I loved it. And then it came to a point where my boss said, Look, we can't support your schedule anymore, you have to make a decision. And oh, my God, it was so scary. Um, I and I, I just took the leap of faith, and I was, I was able to support myself in 2009 um, as a full time personal trainer, and I did that for years, years and years, um, and um, that's how I became a trainer. And I vowed, so you know, doctors and nurses vow not to do any harm. I yeah. vowed to be the coach. I never had to every single person I meet and coach and and run across in this capacity so i i th- that's why I, I do really care about everybody because i want to be that person i never had
0: yeah and you definitely and you definitely do cares and our members do feel that yeah. um a few things i want to dive into through your story but yeah. one thing i forgot to mention when we started if you guys are watching on youtube i have i socket like you can see the bags under my eyes i went swimming those are goggle marks and i bit my tongue so if i talk with a lisp that's why right just disclaimer (laughs) if you guys are on youtube (laughs) listening to audio so you mentioned you were you're playing rugby throughout high school
1: yeah
0: right um how how was that because when you told me that you played rugby in the first podcast we did together, maybe yeah. like 200 plus episodes ago, sure. I was like, that's why that's why Sarah's so tough. Women rugby is, is rough. I've watched men rugby and women rugby. I would sure. much rather play with the men. Women are just <laughs> way too like, way too intense.
1: Yeah. It was actually, I joined the team as a lark. My My high school boyfriend at the time was a rugby player. And he made a flippant comment about how girls can't play. And we, yeah. we were just, we couldn't, we oh, weren't. Oh yeah. they can't play. play. <laughs> I said, F you, <laughs> I can play and I'm gonna. And um, yeah, we get, we got together a team of, of girls and a coach who was willing to coach us. And I played from, I played um, three years in high school and then a couple years after high school for a, just like a private league and then for college. And I loved it. I love the, not to go too far into the rabbit hole of rugby, but... I love that every body shape has a place on the rugby team yeah you you play with tall people you play with short people you play with people who are great runners and then some that aren't great runners it's just it's a great it's kind of a position for everyone there's a position for everyone and somebody who's short and kind of stumpy um yeah my my basketball hopes yeah i'm not a good dribbler (laughs) or a good dunker so but i just love the camaraderie and the team like it's all it's all about the teamwork in rugby and that I know it just really spoke to me and I really, I don't know, I like having that side where people, it's unexpected.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I wish I could have played rugby. Um, but as you know, I played basketball for a very long time. I tried yes. rugby when they, when they came up wearing some six, four, I was always really tall, but I was tall and like a lot skinnier than I am now when I tried yes. to play rugby and I just keep getting hurt. And I was yes. like, yeah, this is not fun. I'm just injured. Yes. Like I was way too skinny to get tackled. Like I just didn't, yeah. didn't feel that great. Yeah. So you mentioned when you were 13, you went vegetarian. What, yeah. was, the, what was the trigger that made you want to transition?
1: Um, my household was a huge fans of reading. And I picked up a book that my mom had and it was written by John Robbins. Um, he's the heir to the Baskin and Robbins fortune and, and yeah. legacy. He wrote a book called Diet for a New America. And it's all about um, the factory farms and how animals are treated. And I I read it and I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't participate in this. And to be honest, I never really liked the taste of meat, even as a young kid. So it wasn't a hard, it wasn't a big leap for me. Um, but I'm pretty sensitive. So I just couldn't imagine participating in like that cruelty. Yeah. And I was unaware as as many people were at that time, because that would have been like early 90s, right? So
0: yeah. Which I feel yeah. like it's, I feel like more as you're a child, you're less numb to it. You're more sensitive. I think is the best way to put it. You're more yeah. sensitive and more prone to be affected by mm-hmm. see, receiving this information and seeing these things versus when you're an adult, you're, you have this ability to kind of numb yourself. Like, yeah, animals are dying, but like, ah, I still need to eat and it's easier for me. Versus yeah. when you're a child, you're like, mom and dad are paying for everything like oh this is what (laughs) i'm sensitive to this i'm gonna stop doing this
1: yeah and And, i was kind of irritated at the at the adults in the room because i was like you know about this what what why are we like i was like what is going on i'm like what
0: they know but they don't know right like it's so much easier to just like turn the other way and be like ah it's happening but if i don't think about it it's not really happening
1: yeah yeah Um, ignorance is bliss right
0: yeah and so when was the transition from vegetarian to vegan
1: Well, between 13 and 30 ish, I, I went kind of back and forth between vegetarian, vegan. Um, obviously uh, I wasn't always, I wasn't always plant-based and, and good, but back in the day, they, they didn't have a lot of, a lot of vegan junk foods like they do now. Like when I, when I, when I was 13, they had one soy dog and it yeah. tastes horrible you'd have to put so much condiments on to make it actually taste okay then it was kind of so yeah. it was a lot of pasta Come a long way yeah it has oh my god it has um, a lot of pasta um but yeah it wasn't until I was really in my early 30s that I well when I went to nutrition school that really kind of solidified how to do it well um yeah. And, um, but I dabbled, I read lots of books. I educated myself and, um, I, I decided just to go full vegan, um, 20, ish years ago. And, um, just cause I felt better. I just, I digest, there was no digestive issues. There was no, um, cause I'm asthmatic, um, no, like phlegm or like troubles breathing, that kind of stuff when I was fully, fully vegan and plant-based. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good. All right. I, yeah, I wasn't too sure when that transition took place for you say over 20 years ago, yeah. um, in terms of, of personal training, you mentioned you were 28 when you 28, when you went back to school and then kind of made the transition to like working fully for yourself. When did you decide to become a holistic nutritionist? When, when did you decide to study that?
1: Yeah. Um, probably about 10 years ago, I got irritated. So, um, You know when you're in the gym you're around a lot of people who are like big personalities and like they are in a often a position of power and they like yes
0: you're being (laughs) nice about it but yeah big egos
1: (laughs) so i would i'm quiet i'm like you i i'm not a loud boisterous kind of personality so i'd quiet and i'd listen and some of the information that i would hear that the other trainers were giving to their their clients Was kind of shocking, and I was like, "You can't! You no! You can't eat that many chicken breasts in a day!" Like, (laughs) so, and I didn't have the education, (laughs) and I didn't really. I wanted to be professional, and I wanted to have the knowledge to back up what I was suggesting. And I didn't think the University of Google was good enough. Like, I really wanted education. I didn't want whatever the internet was going to give me. So. Yeah, and people would come to me and say, well, you know, what about this, Sarah? What about that? What do you think I should eat? And I just didn't feel comfortable. I didn't have the, the education. I had the, what works for me, but I didn't have the actual education that would, I could fall back on and say, well, this is my education. This is what I've learned. Um, so yeah, I went back cause I was just kind of tired of saying that. And I'm like, obviously there's a need. Um, and then also at the time I was, I was struggling with my weight as a personal trainer because, you know what it's like in the gym with personal training. Like, you there's an expectation you look a certain way, and I, I'm short, and and I I kind of I've got Polish heritage and English heritage. It's a lot of roundness, and um, I can gain weight very quickly. And I was feeling a lot of pressure to be super thin and super perky and you know super tight, and I just wasn't. I wasn't doing it, and I was creating a lot of toxic beliefs and eating patterns and I would you know really severely restrict my calories because I feel like, oh my God, I'm getting fat. and it was quite distracting to be honest. and it I thought being in the gym would help me with that. I would be like, I'm in the gym, I'll get my workout in and it'll pressure me to to be thin and a, a good healthy body weight and fit it did the opposite. It really kind of screwed up my mind and my self-worth and my body image. And, um, and I just, I was getting mad at myself because I was like, why can't I get my shit together? Why can't I figure this out? I'm a personal trainer. And um, you know, most of it is diet, it's nutrition. So I decided to go back to school for a few reasons. Um, one being, I wanted to know why. Why was I not having success with keeping weight off? Um, my digestive issues were becoming an issue. So I would have chronic allergies from April to like September, October, like allergy medication on a regular basis. Um, Migraine headaches were an issue for me. Um, Yeah. And just my performance just kind of sucked. So in in the gym, so it was more, it was a lot of me being curious about it and wanting to improve my my health and also for my clients <clears throat>
0: yeah and, and there's two things to that one of them is like yeah it's not because you're a personal trainer that you know a lot about nutrition to help someone transform because a lot yep. of the knowledge from nutrition comes from the bro type of science yep. that's being passed yep. on in the gyms from the era of like arnold and franco and all those guys yeah. um the other part is i we, we didn't speak about that in our other podcasts but the the pressure to look a certain way yeah. right a lot of people yeah, there's a societal pressure for people mm-hmm. to be fit and healthy and look a certain way in society yeah. but when you're in the fitness industry that pressure is greater because now it's like literally what you do for a living and it's literally one of the first things that people will judge you on oh, um 100% before they hire you right like normally if you're if you're slightly pudgy or whatever and you apply for a job like they won't care for for most for the most part right but as a as a fitness instructor as a fitness coach one of the first things they look at sometimes they won't even look at your resume they'll just look at how you look at yeah and i think that's why we do such a good job with our members is because we're focusing on you know we're not judging but we're focusing on the things that actually matter and for Mm -hmm. it to be you know sustainable and healthy for them because you know not to toot our own horn with vegan coaching but we probably have at least in the top five vegan fitness online coaching in the world with what we do in general whole food plant-based we're probably like top one because it's not really any, and we don't really have any competitors in the whole food space right. and everyone else that is my competitor is super jacked, super huge. I'm the skinniest one there is out there for sure. Right. Yep. And, and I used to beat myself up over it because I was like, no, nah, yeah. I need to be bigger because I need to look the part. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I, I tried when I went up to 205 pounds and I felt <laughs> like shit. I was yeah. just, it was too heavy. So I'm athletic. I'm lean. I'm skinnier. But yeah. hey, if there's a zombie apocalypse. I can swim through an ocean. I can like <laughs> run forever. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to survive. I don't have to carry all this muscle mass around. <laughs> yes. Yes. but yeah no you're right there's a big pressure and i think that's why like we're having so much success with the members yeah some people come in and they want to have a six pack, and that's fine because i had one um, yes. but a lot of members when they finish their transformation they don't necessarily look like they can step on stage no. but they're down you know 40 pounds five pant sizes they feel better in their body they're able to move they're able to do things they weren't able to do before like out she's like i can do a plank now i can carry my dog from she has a big dog too from the gotcha. the dog from the ground to put him in the car yes. um those are the kind of wins that we see more in our members than like hey we're gonna help you step on stage which we ultimately don't do that
1: yeah i just think it's not very sustainable and it's not very practical
0: no, I, was- I've I've competed. I got a few bodybuilding medals in there, and yeah, you, you gain the weight pretty much the next day. As soon as you're gonna drink some water, eat more food, like you start to you start to puff up right away. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious. So you, obviously you've been a trainer for over 20 years now, pretty yeah. much, um, nutritionist for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. What are before we dive into kind of what you do with the members? Like, what are some of the top lessons that you've learned? that have been driving your behavior as a coach? Obviously one being the coach that you wish you had growing up, but is there any other lessons?
1: Um, this is a fairly new one that I've learned recently because I did further my education, um, over the summer and it's to shift your perspective from self abuse, self attack, to a more loving approach because how many, how much energy and time did I berate myself about gaining some weight or, mm. you know, not looking in a certain way or having a body shape that I didn't really love? But I'm kind of stuck with it. I can't really do much about it. I'm never going to be five foot seven and thin. I'm, that's just the way it is. Yeah. But really accept and love your body right this minute, but also know that you can. Work towards changing it and shifting that body composition. Like you can do both at the same time.
0: Yeah, accepting except, except, the things that you can't change and the thing that you can. Like
1: yeah.
0: the height is one of them, right? Like regardless of what we say, we cannot change our height. I wish I was smaller. I wish I was six foot tall. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a perfect height for clothing. It's hard to find shoes and clothes yeah. at six four, but you can You can't change your height, and then your body shape. Yeah, is another thing. Mm-hmm. There's some people that genetically have a bigger frame. Some people that like me have a little smaller frame. Mm -hmm. You can't change that, but you can change how much muscle you put on, you can change how much fat you lose. I think that's a great lesson. I'm still, I've learned this one recently as well for myself.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if we can save people, so if I could take back the years that I spent hating myself and hating the things that I literally can't change and accepting them and loving them, but still working towards doing the things i can change and control i think i would be a much better individual and happier person and more present
0: yeah it's uh it's draining to beat yes. yourself up for things that ultimately yeah you can't change yeah mm-hmm. you and we
1: all do it like like the the and, and it is not our it's not anybody's fault it's yeah. it's societal it's cultural it's it's kind of it's a it's a systemic collective problem that individualizes in each of us in different ways. And yeah. and it's not anybody's fault, but when we as we being coaches and mentors, if we can help instill that in, our, in the people we work with to push back against that a little bit in our own way individually, I think we'll hopefully we can change that societal expectations that all women should be super thin and have abs.
0: Yeah. Never... it's not super healthy for women anyways No, it's not. Like, it's, it's
1: just insane it's, but how many it's... girls or women do i teach and coach i want abs and i'm like your body's not meant to have abs. yeah sorry. your
0: hormones are out of whack you don't have period anymore and you know just to just to kind of add some clarification for the people listening at least i'm not necessarily saying that like you can be 60 pounds overweight and kind of be fine with it like you can love yourself and be 60 pounds overweight but still trying to get to a healthy place yeah. doesn't mean you have to have abs but get to a body fat percentage where scientifically <laughs> your, your chances of chronic illnesses and getting sick in the future are greatly reduced right because there is a big correlation between but yeah fat and muscle you have control over what we're basically saying is like if i wish that my waist was smaller well like the bones can't go in right um so that's kind of what we're talking about your body shaped in a specific your your muscle attachments that's mm-hmm. another one like yeah. i'll just this is weird i never shared this before but my biceps um, i have my bicep attachment is really high yeah so when i flex the the bicep peak is like shorter and i was like no i want a long bicep so i was like yeah. hammer curls reverse curls and then I never change anything that's literally how my bicep is attached to my arm yeah. so Accepting these little things about yourself and not playing the comparison game, which we tell a lot of our members not to do, because or the perfection
1: yeah. game. Oh, I have a little bit of fat here, or you know, I I want to. There, there, it's a it's a slippery slope. Like, yes, you want to change your body, you want to be proud of of it, and allow it to do what you need it to do for every day, and then athletics. But then there's, you know, it's it can be a slippery slope by. Comparison and and having that perfectionism uh, mentality.
0: Yeah, and then you start to do stupid things to try yeah. to get that specific look, which um, I won't share mine that I did, and I'll do another podcast about my stupid mistake that I did that messed up my health for like ten years. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say it in another podcast. You know what it is, right? I told you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll share another podcast. Um, so those are the big lessons. So let's talk about like kind of what you're doing with the with the members. Um, so just background sarah and i like over it's been almost we've been in business for over three and a half years you pretty much came in like a month or two after i started fit vegan
1: yeah i think you started in april i came in august of the same year
0: okay yeah so yeah we're pretty much like three years of working together and sarah a lot of people ask me like well what has coach sarah done i'm like coach sarah is pretty much responsible for all the transformations that we've done together (laughs) we've worked, yeah she's been with me for a very long time. So, um, do you mind kind of sharing what you do with the members and kind of like your coaching philosophy so people Mm. can see what it would be like to work with you?
1: Yeah. Um, so I take care of the training. So, um, I adjust training programs to fit and meet people where they're at in terms of, of ability and, um, and whether or not they can, you know, perform certain activities or, um, I modify for injury. Um, I've worked with so many different age groups and abilities and injury levels and everything. So I've seen, I've pretty much, seen, like I'm not tuning my own room, but I've seen a lot in the in 10 years of training. I've seen everything. And I my eldest person that I've ever trained is in their eighties and I still train them. Um, and by the way, she can do a plank for 60 seconds on her toes. She's 81. Um, yeah. so that's pretty phenomenal for, for that. Um, So I do, I, I, all the whole realm of training I work with. Um, and then, um, depending on what, what everybody wants to do in terms of nutrition, we have different ways of, of managing and dealing with nutrition. Um, it could be as simple as adjusting macros and calories, um, or creating custom meal plans. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And then what's the uh,
0: the philosophy behind the meal plans for people? Like obviously we're oh, whole food plant-based, but what are things food. that you kind of keep in mind when you build them?
1: Yeah, whole food plant-based. And I try to I try to strike a balance between um, it being sustainable and not overwhelming, but also yeah. creating variety. Yeah. I, I know we, <laughs> over the last three years, how many times have we talked about nutrition and tweaking it yeah. and modifying it <laughs> and trying a different way. And it's, um, And I know you get frustrated with this because it's so messy. Nutrition is just a messy realm and it's not so cut and dry as a workout where you either do it or you don't or you adjust it or you it's life and and eating and and the reasons why we eat and the things we do eat. And it is messy and hard to control and optimize. And I've I've come to the realization is like, okay, whatever. And, but you're still trying, I know you're still trying to optimize.
0: <laughs> I love to systemize and optimize things. So I'm working on building my own platform, like, you know, this, so hopefully mm-hmm. we'll get it done in the next six months. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. It, is, it is a messy thing. There's no, there's not as many emotions involved in fitness. No. no, one's like a small percentage of the world is like, I'm emotional. Let me go for a run. Some people do do that, but most people go, I'm emotional. Let's go eat something.
1: So I I actually really enjoy that part of the coaching. Um, I really enjoy like working with people who have um, unwanted eating habits, like emotional eating, binge eating. I really, I love getting, because that's where the juicy parts are. That's where like the real um, uh, psychology of it lies. And It can be as easy as tweaking macro balance earlier in the day where you can prevent overeating at night. Like it's it's as easy as that. Or it could be as complex as like, you know, a mother daughter relationship or, you know, conflict at work. Like it it can span the spectrum. Um, So digging in if the member is willing um, and open to going in doing that work. Um, Yeah, some people are, some people aren't. Um, so i kind of poke around during on our onboarding call to see if it's something that they're receptive to if not i get a clear a clear signal as to which direction they want some people just want the workout just want the nutrition and away we go and that's totally fine i i, yeah. I expect and respect that and it's fine um, and then there's the other people that really want to delve into the psychology of it so
0: yeah yeah because yeah, i think you'd agree with me that there's a fill i like at least at the base two types of people that we can work with the people that um can do the work just don't know what structure to use to get there yeah. efficiently right That's like then I'm just give them the plan and off they go, they're gonna oh, yeah. be good. Yeah. I mean, there's people that potentially maybe have or don't have the knowledge, but that's not the thing that's limiting them. The thing that's limiting them is the trauma, the limiting belief, the self-sabotage, just all of these things that tend to mm-hmm. show up for them yeah. on a recurring basis throughout their life as they try to, to lose the weight. And I think that's why you're such a good coach is because you're willing to dive into that because there's a lot of personal trainers, kind of like the one that you had originally yeah. that are just like, hey, one rep, two rep, three rep, four rep. Oh, you're yep. struggling with this. I don't care. Six rep, seven rep, eight reps. And <laughs> yeah. you know, that's to them as to how they want to coach. But I think that's why you're such a good coach is because you're willing to dive into that and get uncomfortable with the members.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I asked some pretty discomforting questions, but you know, it takes a good coach to see that and raise their hand and say, Hey, okay. have you thought about it in this way? Or how do I, f- how do you feel when I say it like this? And I don't know. I wish I wish somebody was able to take me and and kind of point out those things that kind of get highlighted when you're having a conversation with somebody.
0: Yeah, because that's the thing that makes a difference, right? Like, at the end of the day, like the the percentage of people that we can go and just be like, hey, here's the plan. And they'll actually be good to go. They just need the structure. It's a very small percentage. Most people that want to lose the weight haven't had any success. It's not because of lack of knowledge or structure for the most part. No, right? people
1: who have been chronically trying to lose weight are like the hardest workers that I've ever met. They yeah, are, they're trying, relentless. they are trying so hard, and they're giving it all they have. And it's not it's not because they're not hardworking. It has nothing to do with that. It has so much more to do with the other things that maybe not be so clear to them. And it takes somebody who can see to raise their hand and say, Hey, what about this? What about that?
0: What's your, um, we kind of covered it a little bit, but what would you say is like your overall coaching philosophy when people work with you?
1: Um, I'm not here to fix anybody. And it took me a long time to figure this out. Like my job is not to fix you. My job is to walk alongside you, help support you, cheerlead you, um, raise my hand when I see something that might be, you know, not quite right offer yeah. suggestions offer offer my experience. But ultimately, the person has to and I hate the word motivate, I'm going to use the word inspire. Because inspire, for me, that word implies that it's there's longevity to it, there's sustainability to it, it's coming from within, whereas motivation yeah. is external, I want an intrinsic m- motivation, it has to come from within because I didn't check on your workouts. You didn't check on my workouts. We just do them because we're inspired. We know that this is part of our lives. And I want to get um, my members closer to that for them. If I walk them down, you know, the path, 10 more steps and they go off, that's, that I've done my job. Um, A lot of times we're stepping stones for people and that's okay. And um, you know, if I can instill the, the kind and loving and supportive and encouraging words into their head versus the words that you might find at a bro gym.
0: Yeah. Hopefully you remember
1: that and that they can take that, you know, down their down their path.
0: Yeah. I was to say, no one checks in on my workout. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm a robot. I just, <laughs> yes. whether you want to do it or not, I just kind of had, you just, you just wake up, you're in the gym, working out. Like what happened? How am I here? <laughs> How am I doing this exercise? Yes. yes. Yeah. I, and I think that's one thing that sets us, a part is we focus on, that's why I called it the Fit Vegan Blueprint, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of played around with the name a little bit, but if you have this healthy path in your head of how the journey is supposed to happen, the next time you're in that position, you'll revert back to that healthy path. But mm-hmm. if you have an unhealthy blueprint in your mind, when you think of losing weight, you go like, I gotta starve myself and I gotta do a ton of cardio.
1: Yeah.
0: right. And um, there's one thing that you said about like heading people in that direction. Like we are, we are just such a small part of every member's right. journey. Like whether they work with us for you know uh, eight months, a year, we have a member two years. I have some members like Patrick with us for for three years. Same with Ben. Yeah, Ben. Like we're we're still such a small part of their life and of, yeah. and of new members' life because the whole point is to do this until you die, right? Like yeah. Barry. Um, is ending next week i think i'm recording yeah. a podcast with him as well and he's like so what should i do after i was like man three strength training sessions until you die like yep. that's that's pretty much what you should be doing continued whole food plant-based that's the reality of it yep. it's never i don't want that's what I was trying to, i'm not trying to do the the like the gimmicky salesy shit on instagram mm-hmm. like other coaches are doing because it's like yeah like 12 week program won't change anything like if you can shut off your whole life and just do this for 12 weeks, you'll get great results. But then what happens when your life leaks back in? When you're you have to go, you're gonna go on date nights with your partner, you want to spend time with your kids. There's gonna be a vacation. You're screwed because you only yeah. know how to operate in like
1: linear mm-hmm. motion when there's
0: no distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to be like, hey, there's vacation, there's business trip, there's family, there's date nights, there's family gathering, there's business meetings. Like Brendan, as an example, that dude travels everywhere for business (laughs) but still on track
1: yeah yeah and doing fantastic and we have through coaching with him we have given him ways and strategies and expectations to sustain his weight loss and what how he wants to eat because when you travel to unknown places sometimes can be a bit of a crapshoot you just don't know what you're going to get and hoping for the best never works out well for vegans ever ever yeah
0: (laughs) hope for the worst there's gonna be no vegan food what do you do you go to a grocery store yeah you develop your own little systems and once he i don't know changes work or whatever happens in his life if it slows down you'll be like oh my god this is so easy i'm at home all the time i can cook Mm -hmm. food that can go to my local gym Mm -hmm. i think it's better to do it amidst life happening than it is to wait for life to stop happening which realistically is never I love it when
1: people come to me and say, oh my God, it's almost predictable. I'm in a panic. Oh my goodness. I've got this and this and this. And I'm like, yeah, okay, no problem. Great. That's that's life. (laughs) And they're like, what do you mean great? I'm like, this is practice. This is awesome. You've got the structure, the support of the program. You've got me to bounce ideas off of. This is the best case scenario you can ever hope for.
0: Yeah. You're well surrounded. You have a good health team behind you. Yeah. Yeah. So i um, love to, to end on what, are, what is a message that you'd like to pass on to people that um, are going to be working with you in the future? Because obviously podcast is gonna live yeah. on forever. So what well, is a message you'd like to pass on for people that are gonna work with you?
1: Um, I've been doing this a long time and I'm gonna say a little conceited, but I'm really good at my job. Um, I really love my job. I take my job very seriously. It's an honor and a privilege. And, and I, every morning I vow to do a good job for everybody. I do not phone it in. Um, I meet people where they're at and I, I serve them best I can where they're at and with how I think I can best help them a little bit further down their journey. And to know that, you know, health, Most people, you know, we do we do work with some people that um, already have the the good foundation of health and wellness and eating well. But there's some people that come to us that aren't that healthy. Um, But health people almost sometimes don't realize how healthy feels, and to think that there could be another way. And um, sometimes we just don't realize how good we can feel potentially. And it's, you know, within your control and your power and you, you can make. your rights. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, um, people, they they don't know what healthy feels like. So they're like, do you're missing out? But once you feel how healthy and fit feels like, Mm -hmm. I would honestly would much rather be sore from workouts than be overweight not exercising and tired from just not being healthy like the pain that is so much more painful than my legs being sore from a leg workout or my mm-hmm. shoulders being sore from a swim mm-hmm. like it it still sucks sometimes but it's it's because mm-hmm. you know you have a healthy and fit body still at that point mm-hmm. and just for the people listening like coach does love what she does because i have to force her to take vacations I was like, take take a friday <laughs> off go take <laughs> some time off yeah <laughs> And um, for the people that are going to be listening to this podcast episode, um, this we're going to be entering the year 2024. We're in December when we're recording this. I think this will go out beginning of uh, in January 2024. Yeah. Uh, but there's going to be opportunities for our members to kind of connect in person this year and for you guys to meet, obviously, myself and Coach Sarah. So we have the Planted Expo in Seattle, April 20th to 21st. We're gonna fly Sarah down for that. Um, And we're working on doing two workshops in person in Los Angeles as well. Uh, So obviously myself and coach Sarah are gonna be there. We're gonna have some special guests and special speakers. And so for the members of the program, this will be available for you. I just wanna make the community more real this year versus just it being digital um, where we get to connect in person. Cause when we did uh, one in Squamish, that was really fun.
1: That was fun, yeah.
0: Yeah, and ate some good food after and got to make fun of Darcy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Darcy was great. <laughs> Darcy. Awesome. Well, Sarah, any any last words of wisdom you'd like to share with people?
1: You know, if you're hesitating, you're on the fence about should I, shouldn't I? You know, the answer should always be yes. Always invest in yourself. You're worth it. Um, I guarantee you're coming away with so much more knowledge and insight and wisdom and um, news, new way of thinking about things and exercises and meal plans. Like there's so much that you can gain from joining something. And I know it can be hard and it can be intimidating, but you know, what do they say about the comfort zone? You know, your life is on the other side of your comfort zone or whatever, you know, just, you know, you don't really have much to lose other than, you know, improved health.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, let me end. Uh, I'll I'll wrap it up with a little plug here for the 50 game Coaching Program. I'll I'll put it this way. Um, the reason why we do what we do is because we love to serve people, mm-hmm. and ultimately, like, I don't need your money. We don't need your money. What we did, if you work with other coaches and you get great results and you actually get healthy, like we're happy yep. for you. Yeah. Like we're super excited. That's what we're after, right? Yep. The goal is to help 10,000 people by 2023 and a million by 2050. But the reason why we have fit vegan coaching and I think what we've been so successful throughout the years because we've grown really, really fast since we started is because we built a program that is the most optimal of the things that we wish we had when mm-hmm. we were coached. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I wholeheartedly believe that we have one of the best programs in the world because of the methodologies and how we how we approach people and how we coach people. So that's why I'm pushing the fit vegan coaching program to, to, to the listeners and to everyone, because like, obviously, fuck, we have the, one of the best programs in the world. I hope we have the best one because of how we built it right? If I was just in this to to make money, I wouldn't have not gone in the vegan space. There's more, way more money in the meat space. And there's way more people in there. The market, the vegan market is really small, but we're here out of passion. We're here out of wanting to serve people. And so if you guys are interested in working with myself or with coach Sarah, uh, there's a link down below. If you go to fitvegancoaching.com, you can book your free introductory call. Um, Just basically a call to go. It's like a consultation, basically say like, Hey, where you at, where you want to go, what's the thing limiting you in between, ultimately exploring to see if we'd be a good fit to work together, either with myself or with coach Sarah. So if you guys want more information on that, the link is down below. Uh, you listen to us in January. So I would um, put a little bit of pressure on hurrying up on this because we're recording in December and we're already booked till mid-January already. So I guess that by the time this comes out, we'll be booked until February at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Sarah, thank you very much for jumping on the podcast. We'll have you. to do this more often than every 200 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we should do one, me you and a members and some members. I think it would be a cool podcast. Like just that a few of fun. us.
1: Agreed. Yeah. I'll try
0: to organize that next year.
1: Yeah. Maybe cool.
0: we can do one in person at some of the workshops. Maybe I can just have like a podcast set up in the corner and have like members kind of come in as we're doing yeah. the workshops. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We can do like cool. a little like montage thing.
0: Yeah yeah i'll work on that for next year so um sarah thank you for coming on everyone thank you very much for listening uh, happy 2024 and uh we'll see you guys in the next episode bye
1: take care bye guys
0: thank you for listening if you enjoyed the episode be sure to rate the podcast as it helps us grow and spread our message and if you know this will help and resonate with someone be sure to send it their way so that they can have the opportunity to level up their life as well